Hey everybody, welcome to another wonderful episode of Geek Ronin. Um, this week, well, actually, technically, you're getting two episodes uh, in a day. Well, technically, and uh, I always do this to myself. I, I, I forget to post something or shit gets busy, and then I have two episodes that I post at the same time. And I want to say, like, oh, this week, and then th- and then this week for whichever one, because it's supposed to be released a week apart, but I'm a moron sometimes and I forget to post things because I get busy and my head gets all meh. So this is from last week. This was from April 18th. We talked to Kevin Lacerda from It Lives at Breeze and it was an awesome conversation as usual, as short as it was. He is coming back, however, um, hopefully the week after Infinity War uh, comes out and we're going to be talking about that. Uh, so this is our chat with, uh, Kevin Lacerda from Lives at Breeze. Um, check him out, uh, on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, we'll just go with Instagram. You can find all of his stuff from Instagram, uh, at Kevin I L I B, uh, and it, at it lives at Breeze also make sure you check out our, uh, our normal stuff, all the, the website geekronin.com. You can find us on, Pretty much every platform we have is uh, at Geek Ronin, so just uh, type that in, take a look, you know, it's not in a book, but it's on Facebook, Um, so it's Geek Ronin, and that was a terrible attempt at some sort of jingle. I'm going to stop talking, and I'm going to let you guys listen, so enjoy, 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 motherfuckers. Geek Ronin. What's going on, Kevin? It's been hanging out so it's fucking been... long. Way too long. Way like, too long. Way way too long. How's everybody doing? Yeah, doing good, right. man. Doing good to right. hear. How you been? I've been all over the place, man. Especially considering the last time we spoke, which was quite some time ago, that there's been too much to talk about. Uh, within, you know, you know, whatever, I assume a lot of time I have here today. So what have you guys been up to? What's the agenda today? So what are we talking about? What, uh, are we, what are we going over? You know, I can I never would, shut the fuck up. I would really... Uh, have all you guys seen Ready Player One yet? Negative. I'll be honest, I have not seen the movie yet myself. I plan, I plan on watching it this morning. I slept in way too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to see it myself, but uh, fucking um, two of my friends went without me. And then I was thinking about going to see it this weekend, but Avengers is coming out next weekend. And I'm like, ah. Right. Ooh. All right. Well, has anybody, was, am, has anyone seen A Quiet Place? I am no, gonna see I want it. to. I want to. It's not uh, bad. Oh, what was that? We suck. Uh, Kevin, you sent me a trailer for Upgrade. That looks like a fucking sick movie. <laughs> Upgrade? That dude, that movie looked really cool. That I sent the yeah, I sent you the trailer for Upgrade. Upgrade looked like it had eighties. I'm sorry, not eighties, but nineties action movie like kind of 
vibe. And it not, you know, it just had a lot of things going on. It basically looked like it had some of the elements that made like RoboCop cool in like the late 80s, early 90s. And then it just had, I don't know, it just kept the storyline fresh because as opposed to something like RoboCop where it's just like, he's going to die, so we're going to rebuild his body like a cyborg, everything worked up like nanotechnology, which clearly would be like the next natural step in terms of a science fiction geek's interest. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, and and plus, like the way that the action looked in it was totally fresh because if you looked at the the thing with that movie, it's like it's Blumhouse's uh, first like action movie, and they're obviously known for all their horror movies. Yeah, the horror stuff. Yeah, they're done for all their horror stuff, but it, like it's like their first like take on an action movie. But it's kind of got like you can clearly tell from the trailer it's got somewhat of a slight twenty five percent dark comedy feel to it. Absolutely. And and I say twenty five percent so that people don't hear what I just said and start thinking it's a dark comedy. It's not a dark comedy. It's very clearly a sci fi action thriller, but it's got like cut choices from the camera angles that you can clearly tell have somewhat of a. I don't want to say Tarantino-y, but like it's just got some type of frenetic pacing to it to where it's like mm-hmm. it's meant to keep your interest from the perspective of people that have never done action before. Absolutely. You know? Okay. Right there with you. Right, let me, I'm going to pull up the trailer and send it to you guys in the group chat. Ooh, upgrade Red Band trailer. You're going to like this, motherfucker. Yeah, if you guys have never seen this, you should see it. It's actually worth it's watching actually, the whole thing. It's like really it's interesting. It's coming in lately. Um, I'm really looking forward to that Jim Carrey movie. Yes. Coming out. Yes. Have you seen that? So Kevin? with the, the new like murder thrill, the yes. uh, the crimes with dark crimes. Yeah, dark crimes. Um, Jim Carrey's gotten so fucking out of his mind lately, whether it's method acting or whether it's completely honest, that I'm down to watch anything he tells me to watch. Yeah. Because, you know, Did you watch that documentary on Netflix about uh, uh, band, Yeah, my band watched it on tour during a really long drive, and everyone in the band, you know, we kind of jacked in the audience of the band itself, and then watched. You know, played it off the phone, played it on like an iPad, and everyone in the band was just like, this dude is out of his fucking skull. And we really don't know if it's like he's actually out of his mind, if it's just not the last thing, what it was. Regardless, we were even bigger fans of Jim Carrey than we were before when we thought that he was normal. So Yeah. yeah. And honestly, a lot of the stuff he says, as wacky as it is, it, it kind of makes a lot of sense, at least in the existential sort of point of view that he's, he's sort of seeing the world from. At least it's, that's how it seems. Yeah. Like you said, it could be method acting. It could be that he's just batshit crazy. Or he could just... You don't know with anyone like him because... You really don't know with someone like him because... Especially when it comes to like the Andy and Me documentary, Kaufman is the kind of guy that would pull those kind of crazy stunts. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. seems very clearly that whether he was method acting or not, that Jim was very inspired by Andy Kaufman having done that movie and whether it was before or after, that it's, you know, it's inspired inspiration to the point where he's not afraid to try and do the same kind of stunts himself, similar to Heath Ledger and what he did for the Joker character in Dark Knight, you know? Mm-hmm. Plus, plus uh, Andy was, like, his idol. Like, he loved him. So it was a uh, big yeah. deal for him to, like, fully embody that role. Exactly. So. Yeah, that was legit. I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah I sent that uh, trailer in there for you guys. So I know... Yeah. I know you guys have been working on stuff. You put out another medley for uh, WrestleMania. Um, Dude, oh yeah, yep. my boys loved it. I tagged, right. uh, I think you guys replied to them, and my boys were like, "You guys need to be like featured." That was so awesome. 
I was a little tight when uh, was it the chick from Alice Cooper was out there, and you know I'm thinking about like your cover, and I'm like, damn, imagine. Right. Well, I'll like, be honest with you, not to shit on uh, Nina Nita Strauss because Nita Strauss is uh, an undeniable modern day kind of like slash in her own right, just with like if you watch, there's like a Netflix documentary that you can watch right Hired now Guns. called Hired Gun. Dude, that's yeah, a Hired sick Gun, documentary. It's a really good documentary. She's obviously one of the bigger parts of that documentary, and you get to see a lot about her. She's, I'm not shitting on her at all. She's one of the best guitarists in the world. But I personally don't – if you watch the performance, if you, I, I think everybody gets very caught up in the grandeur of that performance because that performance with the Nakamura entrance at WrestleMania was so incredible that you may not even necessarily pay attention to the fact that it doesn't actually sound that great on the guitar and I don't mean it in terms of her playing sloppy she's not playing it sloppy but she kind of is such a free form she's one of the you know she's one of those guitarists that's so good they kind of just learn off jamming and just kind of freestyling she's so good that she's kind of freestyling it to the point where a lot of the parts may seem to the casual ear as if they're sloppy when I think a lot of it it just sounds like she's kind of overplaying parts and kind of just freestyling the melody where it's trying like to make it her own attention. in a sense. Yeah, she's trying to make it her own, but at the same time, that song is so popular for the wrestling fan now that it kind of may sound like she's fucking up, you know? Um, because I remember I was getting a bunch of tweets during that song tagging the <laughs> band where it's like, it looks like Breed should have been doing this, you know what I mean? And it was like, obviously, it's silly, but it's like, she's, but it didn't matter, man, especially with like all the violinists in the back and all those like 10 drummers yeah. during that set and shit like that. It was just a great, awesome moment to see regardless yeah yeah no it was just funny because i thought about uh me and my brother it was like uh we thought about you and the band and shit we were like damn that would have been like really cool you know oh true for sure i mean it's obviously like a dream i mean at this point like with that original song that we did for wrestle oh, Osprey. Osprey, that oh dude, it's yeah, like it's, a, it's a we're actually trying right now and once again take this with a grain of salt because you never know how that could happen one way or another with the band is like trying to be able to actually play that next year's new japan wrestle mm-hmm. kingdom that would be you know what i mean retarded dude that would be, that would be fucking bananas but yeah like uh that's another thing too like I, I brought up to uh to to my brother chris and uh and nick who who you met when we hung at uh in brooklyn um i was like yo that that's that's kevin uh that's kevin's song uh, his band song and they were like holy shit so it's like it's pretty cool to have that kind of connection, and like I I remember when I first saw Osprey at uh, I think it was Dominion, like I fell in love with him automatically, and then just to have that connect with like oh shit my boy Kevin did his theme song like that that's just crazy. But yeah, it's, it's it, it you got you guys are doing pretty well with that. So yeah, that's yeah we're trying really hard. I mean Will is a uh, Will has been a big proponent. You know Will is the kind of guy that where he could have gotten that song written for him and then just never really had to talk to us ever again. But it's cool. He's been really active about constantly retweeting and constantly resharing that song every time we post about it. And he's That's been great. really cool about constantly keeping in touch with us. Like it's like uh, one of those things where he hasn't forgotten the connection to the band element. Where I honestly feel as though he himself would love to have the kind of experience to have a band play him out to the arena. He's really big. I mean, it's weird. Like before we created the song elevated, which is the title of the song, he was kind yeah. of searching for different ways to promote his brand in terms of his like catchphrases and stuff. And now mm-hmm. ever since he's won the junior heavyweight title for new Japan, you always see him po- him post. Like I'm trying to elevate this title. I'm trying to elevate 
this decision, this division. Like he's always yeah. that word elevate has become like a part of like what he uses for himself. Like it's it's yeah. taken a it's taken a new life, and that's been really cool to have written that and not have necessarily known he was going to start doing that either. Yeah, it was pretty pretty like a uh, smart in a sense because like it, it sounds like a theme song. It doesn't sound like as awesome as it would be to say take whatever band song and use it as your entrance as awesome as that may be whether you know you just took a song already whatever or they they created the song for you but it's like you tailored that song for him and then, like you said his brand and there's really a connection because when you hear it elevated like obviously you know what kind of wrestler he is and it just there's this cool connect with it it doesn't seem like just a generic not generic like, that sounds like a uh, that's a poor word to Pokey. use but it's not just like he took any song you know like his yeah. favorite song or whatever and used it there's actually a, a a legit connection and that's pretty cool i didn't know he actually like kept in touch with you guys which is really fucking dope i mean as a wrestling yeah, no, we fan keep in touch, uh, you know, yeah we very much keep in touch pretty often and yeah the song took like for me it, t- it can sometimes take a while to write a song lyrically because i'm not the kind of guy that has the natural flow and i overthink a lot of stuff but when i got the chance to where I was like, oh, I got to sit down and write this song for him. And honestly, it took maybe an hour to write everything for that song. Not that it's like the most complex song to begin with, but just the lyrics were easy to flow with. Like once you have a, once you have an actual counterpoint of what you want to write about, it was just so easy to just point everything in the direction of how he wants to be, mm-hmm. you know, what he wants to be in what he does. And, and if you listen to those lyrics, they're just really simple. They're directing to the point and it's about him being the biggest of what he can do is something that his fans can hear and go, God damn it. As a fan of Will Ospreay, this is amazing to sing along to in terms of what we want to see him become. And now yeah. you notice that he at starting as a junior heavyweight, uh, people that pay attention to his social media notice that he is slowly trying to make a progression to heavyweight because he's mm-hmm. not, you know, a lot of people are just naturally imagining that if he does this crazy flippy shit for the rest of his career, he may not necessarily have a long career. So yeah. he, is trying to make that transition to heavyweight to where he can be like a Kenny Omega and still do high flying stuff, but be a heavyweight guy that can be a much bigger star than maybe he have never, you know, yeah. imagined to be. Cause he's only 24 years old. Yeah. So. You know, you know, who's going to be a really huge instrument in that uh, Marty, because all his matches with Marty Skrull, they're two totally different wrestlers. Marty is, uh, he can't get off the ground the way Osprey is. I mean, Osprey does, but whenever they wrestle each other, you, like you just said, you see that, uh, that that his like his knack to learn the ground game and ground himself in a sense because yeah he can't be 40 years old still doing that like you look at jericho jericho was sort of a high flyer but he's toned down you know but yeah so like marty i think would be is going to be a huge instrument in his uh his um move to the heavyweight and i mean if, yeah i'll make it 100 you're 100 percent correct especially since him and marty have had probably that's probably if anything if you look at all his world uh, you know, all the different promotions that he's wrestled in, all of his biggest feud matches were with Marty. And Marty was the yeah. one guy he could never defeat. And Marty was that one guy that kept him on his ground game that he could never defeat. And, you know, up until recently where people watched it, Sakura Genesis, and it, it was also like probably his one of his biggest five-star matches was against Marty, and it was the one match he needed to beat Marty in. It was for the title. And obviously, mm-hmm. if anybody watched the match and they saw that crazy Spanish fly uh, that he tried on the uh, ring apron uh, where he literally busted his head open. Yeah, he, um, he almost died there. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. It was absolutely insane. I remember he almost didn't even get a chance to wrestle his New Orleans matches on WrestleMania weekend because of how bad he fucked his head up during that match. You know? Mm-hmm. 
But, yeah, it was pretty impressive. And, yeah, I agree. Marty is a big factor in that because if you look at their two wrestling styles, it's very yin to the yang. It's where they have a balance of styles to where they can just put on amazing matches against each other. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's where that's the beauty of, like, like with the whole Japan thing. Like, like not to stay too stuck on this because me and, me and Kevin could go on for, for like, fucking hours about this shit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, yeah. yeah, like, uh, what the fuck was I going to say? Um Damn, I just lost my train of thought. My bad. No worries. I was staring at something. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, let, let, yeah. Let, let, Random let's subject change. change. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, with Avengers, <laughs> with Avengers coming up, I, I know all you guys are sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, attached to a lot of these characters, not necessarily attached, but you know we've not excited like, at all for the movie. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Joke. Right? Who do you think's gonna gonna die? Because you know there are gonna be some Avengers that die. Who's, who? Isn't it silly? It's not silly, but it is like it's one of those things. It's like you know that even any other like uh, you know podcast that relates to subject matter like like Geek Ronin's that that's the natural question people are going to have is who's going to die? And mm-hmm. it's like you know that they're all kind of revolving around the same subject, but like yeah, realistically, who is gonna who is gonna die in this one? I don't know. Is it going to be like that? We're going to have a select choice. Say what? See the thing I with- said fuck beating around the bush. Who's gonna die? Because that's what everyone's thinking. So fuck it. See, and, the, the well, thing to with- me, it's like who's gonna die? Since we apparently have two of these that we have to wait for. Who's gonna die in this one? Who's gonna die in the next one? Are they gonna build up the death? So are they gonna start with some mm-hmm. soft deaths in this one? Does it really that are gonna- dies, though? Yeah, a- you know, I was I was talking to a friend um, who who's this, he's actually a really big Spider Man fan, and he actually believes that Spider Man's gonna die. And that's logical because now check this out. They have the time stone, so he can die. And it, you know, like it could be one of those things where, like, all right, yeah. if Cap dies, if Iron Man dies, you're kind of expecting that. But if Spider Man, Peter Parker dies, this new Avenger, you know, this new kid who just came to the scene, like, if he dies, how big would that be in the universe? Obviously, he's gonna come back. Mm-hmm. So if he dies, you know, they're using the time stone to come back. And we spoke about this before. I mean, but I don't, I don't. Things, if anyone dies, mm-hmm. does it? How how much does it matter if we do have all the stones that can essentially bring everyone back or wreck? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the the main thing is everybody's assuming um is going to be Iron uh, Tony Stark or Steve because the contract issues in real life. You know they're not going to be those characters forever. So we so we think. I mean I don't know. It's a real weird question because they asked the same thing in um in Age of Ultron. Like, because the trailers made it seem like somebody was going to die. Oh, yeah, and, someone did, just not anybody that we cared about, really. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I don't, I, but I don't know. Wait, who, who do you think it's time to, like, invest in him to, like, really care if he died? Right. Yeah, exactly. But that, and the thing is, too, the Russos, these guys, like, you know, here we go, me blowing the Russos again. It's been a while. I haven't done that <laughs> it's in been a, while. a yeah, long we, time. We need to come back to it. Yeah. But they uh, personally, they really personally, if you were to ask me, I would think that it in terms of we're, we're obviously everyone's going to be mainly focused on the major deaths of the major characters that have been part of, you know, that universe since the very start, obviously being uh, uh, Captain America and, and Iron Man, being the, you know, he's been there since the beginning. And then Steve, because Steve has had what no one expected him to have. Steve is probably. And obviously, speaking of Captain America, he it, people probably anticipated that the first Captain America movie was probably going to be shitty, because you know mm-hmm. if you if you equate Captain America to a 
a Superman type of character at first, it can seem like a really cheesy character and that the way that they portrayed all the Captain America movies, it ended up being some of the best movies in the whole Marvel cinematic universe because of the way that they played everything out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Uh So those are major ones. But if you ask me right out the gate, as far as, you know, I really don't know. I think that at some point, one of those two are going to die. I'm not sure if it's going to be in this movie or the next one. I think that it's one of those romantic type of deaths that is going to happen at some point. And I think it's more than just even the contract thing. But I just think that I think as far as like say what does it carry any weight? Like, do they need to die? Do you think, or is it? I think it, I think it's like I just said. I think it's a romantic death. I think that like when it comes to telling a good story, some characters you know you don't want them to die, and that's exactly why they need to die. It's a yeah. it's the romantic tragic hero ending. So mm-hmm. I, regardless yeah. of contract stuff. I think one of those guys, if not both, do need to die, and they need to die in a very meaningful way. If you were to track this kind of a thing to, you know, when it comes to entertainment like this, it always comes down to the story of emotions. So, like, if you were to track something like this to, like, wrestling, and not to change it back into that subject, but if you look into, like, the story of the Ric Flair um retirement with him and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, you knew that even though you didn't want Rick to lose the match and be retired, it was the one logical emotional thing that you at the same time needed to see happen. You needed Uh to see that go away. It was like the end of what's the name of the movie with the dog where the guy has to put it down at the end. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, that's what the, that's what the, that's what that story is. It's a story as old as time. It's that the old, the old, the old dog has to get put down at some point, and it's something you don't want to see, and it's exactly why you need to see it. It's romantic. Han, it's tragic. Han Solo. It, exactly. It's Han Solo dying in, in Force Awakens. One of those things you don't want to see, but you know you need to see it. And yeah. at the end, it makes the story overall that much better. But so we know at some point, one of those guys, if not both, is going to die. Is it's the thing to me is that how they die is very important because if they don't die the right way, it's going to be total shit. But yeah. for me, as far as who's going to die unexpected, who's who's a who done it kind of a feel, I think Loki's going to die in this movie. I think there's that one scene where you see uh, where the Black Order is kind of holding down uh, Thor, and you see. Thor kind of like completely powerless to what's happening and what he's looking at. Yeah. And I think on the other side of that is that they're taking out Loki. Loki's yeah. overdue for death. Listen, to, like really think about, here's the thing. Like Loki's that guy as a character where everybody loves to hate him mm-hmm. and they hate at the same time that they love him, but he's pulled yeah. a lot of shit. And his, he's like a Game of Thrones character. Yeah. He's fucked with karma way too much to not have a really bad death. You know, he, he needs to die. He needs to die. He needs to have a very bad death where in the moment of his death, he realizes that he's fucked up way too many times and now it's his time. But at the same time, you know, Thor's going to be upset with that because Loki is the one thing in the world that even though he can't stand him, he knows he wants to protect them because they were brothers and they're real. The relationship with them is real. And it's going to add a real different dynamic to Thor from that point on for the mm-hmm. rest of the movie, whether even Thor himself is going to die. So I think that would, to me, is going to be the one real big climactic event in the movie is if when we see Loki die. And I'm, I'm calling that. I think we're going to see yeah. Loki get a really, I think we're going to see Loki's candle get burned out. And I think it's going to have a big impact on Thor. And it's going to be probably one of the more emotional parts of the movie. That's a I can pretty see good. That. That's a good prediction yeah. right there. 
Well, you heard it, heard it here. <laughs> yeah. Loki's going to die. Probably. Actually, that makes a lot of sense, to be honest. So, yeah. I'm with you. And also, the thing, too, is like, all right, so my friend, you know, my friend was talking about Spider Man dying. You know, like, all right, if that happens, whatever. But, like, like, like Kevin said, like, the death, whoever it is, die, whoever, it, whoever it is that does die, it has to be, like, a legit death. And I was going to add to that, like, it has to be, they have to stay dead. None of this whole yeah. retcon bullshit where, like, because then what, what is, what, what's the purpose of them dying? Like, uh, you know, um, all, going back to Game of Thrones, all those characters that died outside of Jon Snow, like, maybe you would have loved them to stay alive, but they had to die. Like, if Ned Stark didn't die, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> we're a no, little bit I, past I, yeah yeah i always say that because i got into the show late and i thought he was synonymous with the show so when he died i was waiting for somebody to stop the fucking sword <laughs> and, and when his head got chopped off i was like what the fuck <laughs> but um, yeah. dude, I was as heartbreaking it as it is it set the precedent for how that show is going to go so it was a exactly. really important death to have yeah mm-hmm. yeah because if he didn't die that show would not be the show you know what i mean it would just be it'd be over It'd be just like a movie, but um, but yeah, so yeah, they have to stay dead. So if Tony or um Steve does die, one of the, if one of them do die, they they have to stay dead. Like as much as you would love to see their character come back, I mean, there's all these rumors of uh, Bucky taking over for, um, you know, Steve. But then also too, I don't like at this on on the same end, the opposite end of it. I don't think, like like Law said, do they have to die? Will they even die? Like Tony and Steve. Like they don't have to be directly tied to these, uh, you know, they don't have to be like a a a mainstay in these franchises, but they could still make appearances and still be in it. Kind of like what Wolverine was in the uh, later X Men franchises, mm-hmm. the the later X Men trilogy. He was like he was in it, but he wasn't in it. So I mean, I I don't know. It's 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 a weird it's a weird uh thing. I I, I, I don't know because I don't want to see Steve die. I think like Captain America is a character. Why you need to see him die. That too, but I think that's it would exactly also what be... I was going to say. The fact that you feel like yeah. that is maybe the reason why he does need to, because if you really think about anyone that would have that Captain much more of a romantic would, death, Captain America would have to be. Yeah, dead. he he's the guy oh, yeah. that's been biding time. He's the he's the he's the one that's is more fit to die. Like he's lost everyone that would have he's was just, a part of his original. He's actually ready yeah, to yeah. die. He's, yeah, that is true. Yeah, on Biggie Smiley. I mean that entire war, uh, what was it Winter Soldier movie? Yeah, you could kind of see it in his face, like he's there, totally out of place, you know. And then and then with the events of Civil War, yeah, you're right. It's it's interesting uh, topic, man. So long. We you don't all think are waiting for that kind of tearjerker moment, and at the same time, when it comes to Tony, Tony's that guy that has had kind of a no give fucks attitude to a lot of the things that he's done, and he's over the time. I mean, really look at. There's no one more than Tony that really has really been put on a burden of so many different things and been trying to make right with so many decisions that he's had. And there's so yeah. many things that have come down on him that have just not gone his way. If, if it was yeah, a different can't. universe, we'd be seeing a lot more of that alcoholic Tony Stark that we saw in the comments. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the comments, that's, you know what I mean? It, which, which I really would have loved to see because it would have fit a lot more with the kind of shit that's been yeah. put on in him and he, in these movies, you know? Yeah. They could, and you know what's crazy? Like, yeah, despite I, I know Disney has, uh, you know, the overall overall reign to everything, um, but I still think you could delve into that without it being, you know, a complete mature thingy. Because, like, you know, everybody, uh, I don't know, it's like the, the the whole Marvel thing. It's weird because 
it's like they try to aim to the kids, but then they do things at the very same in the very same like movie where it's like that's not for kids. That's clearly not for kids. Like they drop more curses than anything, and yet you know. So you can. It's weird how they try to tone things down, but at the same time they're they're not toning it down. It's kind of co- uh, contradictory to me. But like they should play more with that because you can do that and still be a a, a family friendly thing. You know, like The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. People loved that movie. Kids loved it. It was dark as fuck. But there's a way to do it without it being overwhelmingly like like Deadpool R. But that that would be great because like that's part of Tony's character, and 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 it no, plays into everything. There's a lot of there's a lot of different in Dark Knight, especially that there, there's a lot of like really cool cutaways that they make not for the sake of it being a Disney PG type of flavor. They make those cutaways just because they feel as though it's more tasteful. Yeah, you don't need to rather right, than like, having uh, this kind of. Yeah, you don't you don't need to show things to know it's happening. Like even um, a, a series like uh, Star Wars Clone Wars, there's some dark moments mm-hmm. in there, and that's a you know yeah. that's a oh, dude, friendly at, show. Look at classic horror movies. You, you look back at like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's not like one fucking drop of blood in that movie, but you still know what the fuck's going is, on. You still that is you true. Still yep. have it's a the very implication is that much worse. Mm-hmm. Yep. The yeah, implication is have. that much worse for sure. Yeah, yep. that's why I will always love those kind of movies that really don't show, but you know, as, a, as over those you know gore fest movies. But um, but yeah, like so, it, it's weird that they wouldn't implicate that a little more because, like, you see Tony and like just every fiber of him, like you see the pain, you see the the uh, the regret, like everything he tries to do right, it backfires on him. It's like there's no, he can't do anything right in in someone's eyes, and it clearly like affects him in, in a huge way. It's like, you know, throwing a little alcohol, like, I mean, it's not, it's not that bad, but he definitely is due for some type of a huge sacrifice. And the thing is mm-hmm. he has in, in effect made that sacrifice already at the end of the first Avengers movie, that dude dove straight up into dark space. Oh yeah. He knew he was going to die when he was supposed to die. Yeah. He was like, I'm done. Like he just went for it and he mm-hmm. just by chance ended up being okay. And we already know that even since that point, how haunted he's been by jumping into that atmosphere, by seeing the things he's seen. And then there's been more shit that's happened even on top of that with everything with the, with civil war and all that. The dude is ready. He was, I mean, he's not ready. I mean, he doesn't want this, but he is prepared and un, and he's, perfectly willing to make that type of sacrifice if he has to and there is no better time to do so than when there is a creature coming to earth that wants to make one sole mission accomplished which is that to wipe out half of the universe to achieve his you know vision of balance Mm -hmm. so you know there's no more better a person to to try to make something upon that and that's that's tony Speaking of Thanos, uh, do you think that with the whole Fox-Marvel uh, merger that's happening, or the buyout of Fox, and we get Deadpool and everything, you think that we, we might see sort of a tie-in of uh, of the whole death thing? You know, like how he has a, a thing for death, and that's part of the reason why Deadpool is Deadpool. I don't know that they're going to be able to go super into it, like uh, certainly not like the comic with like Lady Death and stuff like that. But I think that they're just, if anything, going to try to sprinkle it in a lot more into his philosophy during what he says in the movie. 
And I really yeah. hope that that's the case because I really hope that they're able to actually make him a prominent villain in terms of yeah. the kind of, you know, when it comes to villains and, and, and modern superhero movies, what makes them iconic villains is not the things that they do in those movies. It's the thing that they, the things that they say, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, that's uh, Loki is a popular villain because Loki has a great, uh, set of quotes. There's a, just a, they, they, they set up a great, um, many things for him to, to say it's not no one really remembers the things that they do they remembers the things that they say because the things that they said the best part of the villains in superhero movies nowadays is the things that they say tend to be things that you can't help you agree with mm-hmm. yeah you know it's funny most not all but there are a lot of villains out there who are essentially not bad if you think about it I mean, they, you know, or at least they started out with good intentions, and then it just backfired on them. Uh, Anakin being a perfect example of that. Um, yeah, the best uh, there's a lot of are the ones that think that they're not doing anything wrong. Killmonger mm-hmm. was one of the best ones. Killmonger, absolutely. Oh, Killmonger was actually a solid uh, example of that. It's actually um, probably in my vision. I think Michael Shannon as Zod in Man of Steel was probably one of my favorite villains because he really was a guy that his of all these terrible things he was doing, he was actually just trying to to protect keep Krypton. Forth. He was protecting Krypton, and when when Krypton was gone, he was trying to bring back his people. He was trying to just protect the legacy of his people and have that not die and go to you know, to, to dust in the annals of time. And he was willing, I mean, you get, there's nothing more dangerous than the power of belief. That's the most dangerous (laughs) thing about religion. You know what I mean? In, in terms of American, I mean, not American, but human history as a whole. I mean, everything that we have, when you think about like the Christianity or Catholicism and the, and all the different wars that have happened with religion during that time, it's always, people are trying to pervade this message of peace and in doing so they go to war and they're killing other people for not believing in those things. It just becomes so out of control. Chaos is ruling when it's supposed yes. to be about peace. You know, mm-hmm. so like those are the, the, the kind of things that when we watch these villains and these mm-hmm. movies, they have this message that they're just, it, I mean, even when you look at like there, you can't deny when you watch like things like the dark Knight. part of the best parts of the Joker and the, the quotes that he has in that movie are yeah. things that you can't help that in the darkest parts of yourself that you agree with. Yeah. You know, what like the whole quote when he's talking and driving uh, Harvey into becoming Two-Face is when he's talking mm-hmm. about how people don't, you know, a, a, a truckload of soldiers gets blown up and no one cares. But then a, yeah. one politician is set to die and everybody loses their mind. And you mm-hmm. can't help that you don't agree with it. You can't help that you agree with that. Everyone agrees with that. It's, it's because the they damn truth. they've had a relative or they've had a brother that was or a sister that was in the war and they they get blown up and people don't remember that name for more than five minutes on on a headstone. But yeah. then there's this politician that is assassinated and everybody just talks about it for months and months. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And like that's why he's this iconic villain. That that like philosophy. Like the guy know? from uh what was it I forget his name in the in the in uh was it the it was was it the Punisher? Yeah, the Punisher. Yes. That uh the war vet that you know he he wanted the he wanted like Kyle. justice for vets and whatnot. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, the guy. And yeah. It, oh. yeah. So it's it's crazy. Like it, it kind of reminds me of uh this uh skit from Jackass um where Chris Pontius was running around in um Los Angeles dressed up as the devil saying keep God out of California, and yeah. this Christian dude came up to him and started fighting him, like. Yep. What, what, what do you, you know? Who's the bad guy here? So it's 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 mm-hmm. it, it's crazy how like a lot of these uh most villains like if you look into their to their uh to their story and how they came about, you know there was some shred of uh 
whether they were actually justified in being right or not, you know, like uh, there there is some shred of like who's the bad guy. So like oh. I, one thing I love about like Batman um, and and the more recent um, Batman comics with like with Scott uh, Scott Snyder, it's where the Joker is always questioning him, or even even like Robin and and, and Red Hood, uh, well Dick Grayson, Red Hood, um, uh, Damien. They're all questioning him as to are who's who's really insane here? Who's the bad guy? Who you know are, are you you know are you really justified in, in doing what you're doing and leaving criminals alive and not killing them? Hey, there's a lot of cool dynamic into that. So, but uh, right, right. but yeah. So I wonder if that I wonder if they're really gonna delve into that because I feel like with Thanos, I think I may be wrong. I feel like in the most recent trailer, there was something resembling like a death figure. I, I may be wrong, but like I, I'm gonna look at the trailer again because I feel like I saw something that resembled what would be like Lady Death. So I wonder if they're gonna play with that, you know, like because and you know him trying to win her affection and taking over the. It'd galaxy. be wild if they did because that's obviously like a very you know wild thing to try in those movies that where there's already so much going on. Yeah. Uh, one one reason though I, I have faith in things like this is I, I, back to me sucking off the Russos. These guys know their shit. Like, you know, a lot of these other directors, they really never dabbled in the whole comic thing. Uh, and yep. and Anthony and um, I forget the brother's name. Um, but the both both Russo, Russo brothers, if you look at any of their projects, like you see whether it's a superhero thing or whether it's just a comedy, you see that they they're in depth. Uh, they're they're adept to all this. Uh, you know. Whether it's um, comic books, pop culture, you know, any, anything, you know, they're 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 influenced by all types of entertainment, and they don't just go out there and do things for the sake of it. You know, they're, they're actually going to show that they know what they're doing, and you know that they have the knowledge for this. So that that'll be interesting if they do touch into the deeper things, because this is a two movie flick too. So and it might yeah. might this like. Who knows if we're even going to see the end of Thanos at the end of the second, uh, Honestly, the fourth Avengers? Honestly, he doesn't movie. die because I want him to come back. Like I, yeah, I want I want a good Marvel villain to stay alive. I don't think they're going to blow their load on killing him in the first movie like they've done with almost every other villain. Or even no, in the no, second that's movie. why I don't they're... think they should kill him. Period. Yeah, because yeah, but I, yeah, that... I would argue that they're going to keep him alive somehow. Yeah, it is good because in the first movie he's not gonna die. I mean, now you know people are getting confused now because they're not calling it Infinity Wars Part Two, but they did that because it's 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 a sequel. It's like it's a direct sequel, but it's not really like it's not the same movie per se. Like, they you know they wanted to feel like it's its own thing, but it it's, is part of the same it's thing. It's a continuation so. of the story directly happening after the first one, but it's not a it's not like Part Two of the first movie. Yeah, so like things that may happen in this movie may be resolved in this movie, but then you know the grander scheme of things is going to be left open. But uh, but yeah, a lot of people are like oh they think it's going to end at this. It's like nah, man, it's it's not. I mean you don't you don't build ten years worth of uh, of um of a universe to just end it in one movie. You know even if the movie is said to be like three hours long or close to three hours long, like any good comic story is is stretched out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why they do like these crossover six issue thingies, you know, it's not just ended in one sure. issue. But uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of shit that could happen, man. I mean, and then, you know, there's there's the shit ton of characters that are in this movie and that they're going to introduce in the next one. So it's like and I wonder if there's going to be any uh, like implantation of the X-Men 
because you notice that there are uh, uh was it um that new mutants movie got pushed back um all of the X-Men movies got pushed back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dark Phoenix did get pushed back too. All right. So yeah, and that only makes you think like, and then even with the Fantastic Four, because if you guys remember in um in Spider-Man: Homecoming, uh, Tony sto- uh, sold the uh, the uh, his old well, his his Stark Tower. They never said to who. He just said they just said they sold it. So we spoke about this in a previous episode. Where like, what if that was their way of leaving room? for you know fantastic four and all that so like could could we see a trace of of reed and and you know the rest of the fantastic four even like professor x or cyclops or somebody of that nature in that would be dope and also too it would be cool because if you think about it thanos is a galactic threat dark phoenix is a galactic threat so what if there's some kind of small thread that connects the two Interesting shit. I mean, we've had we've had talks about it before of how the universe can be tied together and brought brought in. Um, Infinity Stones being one of them, Doctor Strange being another one. Uh It'll it'll be interesting to see if they even do it. Um, I doubt they'll do it with the first movie. I'm ninety five, probably ninety eight percent sure that they'll try to do it with the second movie. Yeah, um, even if even if it's not a full on like inclusion of them, there 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 should be like some kind of big reference or name drop. Even if it's an end credit scene where like they yeah. go to like the the, the um, what is it the um the mansion or something like that, you know that would be that would be pretty cool. Or like you see like some kind of reference to the Phoenix at the end of the second Avengers movie. Like that'd be great because then yeah, you're but, also yeah. opening you're also opening like Avengers versus X Men, which would be. That would be huge if they could properly do that. Like, w- keep keep X Men at a series, like a TV series, and then let that you know, like let that lead into some something like that. That's just me being a little. I'm with it. There's literally a mo- uh, there's so much room for so much stuff to work, and then I think that uh, they're gonna obviously focus and prioritize first on being able to at least close the storylines of the characters that they know they have to close that obviously we wouldn't know uh, the ones that they built so, so long now to be able to finalize their stories and obviously to be able to advance the prospect of certain storylines for characters that they know have just started being like characters like uh, Dr. Strange and characters like Black Panther that, you know, are obviously it's, we're nowhere near the point where they need to close their stories. But at the same time, uh, stories like the Black Panther character and stories like, uh, Doctor Strange, they're so early that they haven't had those major conflicts in their actual storylines as heroes yet, and it always seems like every character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is obviously always related to the comics, but the Marvel Cinematic Universe characters, they have always some major conflict that happens with, you know, with them. So obviously we know everything that's conflicted Tony, everything's conflicted Steve. There hasn't yeah. really been that yet with, with Doctor Strange, and there mm-hmm. hasn't really been that yet with uh, – there's always the major conflict that kind of starts the, the push for their character, like with Black Panther and his dad, and then uh, with Steven in his hands uh, becoming Doctor Strange. But there hasn't been that real moment and in, in that, that cross point where they're just like – the thing that makes them doubt why they're doing yeah, what they're doing. Like, and that, that's, like, a big, that's always a big reason. Yeah, like their, their world – they're like their world-shattering you know, moment. 
because yeah, they have, has, that hasn't happened yet. So if anything, that would happen with Denise. I mean, I, I know that there's one scene that you can notice in the trailer where there's that character from the Black Order, I forgot his name, where he's kind of got those like uh, telekinesis pins in the head of of Stephen Strange, where you're almost wondering if it's a potential thing that maybe he's kind of having his own uh, Hawkeye moment where he's about to have control taken over his mind or something yeah. like that. And that's the kind of thing that could have a huge impact on his character because if the Black Order were to take over Stephen Strange with all the power that he has um, and the stone that he has, um, mm-hmm. if he were to be turned around on the, on the Avengers, that's a huge thing that would fuck his whole life up knowing that he yeah. could be a big piece on the chessboard to have led to the death of one of the Avengers in terms of this big battle with Thanos. Uh, we don't know what kind of things could happen to Black Panther if maybe there's some type of major death in terms of the kingdom of Wakanda that would really fuck up his perspective on why he's doing what he's doing. You know, mm-hmm. But I think those are the ones that are certainly going to go on to live past that point. But, I mean, obviously... Uh, you never know what the death of someone like Iron Man or someone like Steve or whoever else it could be that would really yeah. impact their psyche in terms of all that, too. Yeah, because if you think about it, too, like, obviously, the uh, I'm assuming a big chunk of the movie or a big, at least one of the bigger scenes in um, Infinity War is going to take place in Wakanda. So maybe, like, he might lose a, a huge chunk of his people. Maybe yep. his uh, his mother goes or something of that nature, uh, you know, or just lose a lot of people. That's what I want to see. I want to see an actual full on visual, not you know, not full on visual, but like, all right. So, um, in in uh, Age of Ultron, when when they were um, when that that Russian place was getting raised, Wakovia, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, when it was getting raised, and you know, you had this feeling like that a a big chunk of people were gonna die, if not everybody. And in that mo- in that movie, nobody died. But then in Civil War, they said a lot of people died. It's like I want to see the actual ramifications of a war, like tragedy, where you know because you could try to sugarcoat the whole superhero thing all you want, but I mean, but most of their you know things that happen in in, in their lives and stories are dark. So again, you don't have to show people getting dismembered and whatnot, but just let us know in that film in that moment that people got. No, people died. They, there was tragedy. Yeah, well, I mean, that's one thing that people shit on with the DC movies a lot, as far as like their storytelling. But if the if to be honest, the the truth of the the DC movies, with uh, especially after like the the Dawn of Justice storyline, is that you know we're used to Superman being this guy that like you know even his even his father says as he's exiting the plane where he's like, you can save them, you can save all of them. But the truth is that you can't save all of them. No matter how super he is, mm-hmm. he can't save all of them. And there is that battle with Zod where you end up seeing the aftermath from a human perspective in Dawn of Justice oh, at the beginning that was where a bunch of people die. A lot of people mm-hmm. die. You get to see it firsthand. And like you said, not in a way where like there's dismemberment, kind of actually that dude loses his legs and you see that right away. But it's like yeah. there's death. Lots of death, and you get to yeah. see the real, real effect of something like that. Or even um, Rogue One, Star Wars Rogue One. Um, or even you go go to uh, The Force Awakens. I mean, this guy, uh, they destroyed planets. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Or even the original Star Wars, they destroyed... Uh, Alderaan. Uh, what's the... Alderaan. Um, Rogue One, like, you see the grip that the Empire had on the universe. You got to get a taste of how vicious and scary and powerful darth vader really is show that 
You know, the Disney, you had, there's no excuse. If they could do it in Star Wars, they can do it in Marvel. And, you know, like, there's a way to do it without scaring kids. You know what I mean? Like, but I want to see that. I want to see tragedy because that's what Thanos brings. He brings tragedy. He brings war. He brings destruction. Speaking of tragedy, uh, Kevin's got to go. So, um... Oh! I know it's it's uh, <laughs> no. We have a slow mo. No. Yeah, nah, he's a busy man. He's a busy man. Indeed, we'll have to have you come back on soon, man. Yes, sir. I would love to. This was far too short of a time period to actually have a conversation. Yeah, I would love to. We could actually, if anything, make a post Infinity War discussion. That would be a, a oh, dude. part of that. I'm down. Like I'm going. Charlie Brown. I'm going to see that Thursday, so I'm down whenever. Hell yeah. Let me know. Cool. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Love you guys. I'll see you soon. Have a good Love one. Love you too, man. homie. Love you too, bro. Love 